Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more. Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more. Got each other on our side, plus all the folks at Fried the Burnout Podcast with Kate Donovan. Hello, Fried fans, and welcome to Season 3 of Fried the Burnout Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Donovan, and my mission with Fried is to hashtag end burnout culture. On this pod, we end burnout culture by sharing stories of people who have been through it all and lived to tell the tale, sharing expert tips from the best of the best in the burnout and stress management fields, and sharing hashtag straight from Kate episodes full of my own expertise plus actionable steps to help you end your own burnout cycle starting today. If you're feeling burnt out right now and need more personalized guidance, I'm here for you. In every episode, you'll find a link to book a free breakthrough burnout call. You can find it easily by heading to bit.ly forward slash call Kate or finding the link in the show notes. This free call helps us decide if one-on-one coaching is perfect for you. If it is, we'll get started. If it isn't, I might suggest one of my immediately available online courses, my book, The Bounce Back Ability Factor, or some sessions with a colleague who's better suited to exactly what you need right now. Also, if you happen to be in New York City, I'd love to see you as a patient. I'm a licensed acupuncturist with over 13 years of international experience, and right now my office is located in Midtown Manhattan. I focus on, you guessed it, burnout. I help your body build up a natural stress resilience to fight off all those pesky symptoms that come alongside burnout. You can find all the deets on that at katedonovanacupuncture.com. Hello, Fried fans. I am so excited. I've been waiting for this conversation that I had to push back because I decided to go on vacation. And we managed to find a time that works, even though Samina is in Bali, in Indonesia, and I am in New Jersey. So we are time different central. So first of all, we want to start with some gratitude today for your getting up very early and hanging out with us. So thank you for that. Actually, I'm always grateful when I have to wake up early. I I do anyway, but when it's, I love being up in the morning. Well, that's good. Well, good for us. So (laughs) today my guest is Sumina Gupta and she has 25 years experience in business, both in corporate London and as a serial entrepreneur. She has had her fair share of burnout moments in her current work as an expert business mentor to women with an X. Sumina (laughs) makes a point to discuss her very deeply felt experience of burnout so her clients can identify and navigate their own experiences and avoid going through what she went through. Sumina, I am so glad to finally have you here. Welcome to the show. I know we've had some lovely chats and you came, you so graciously spent time with my audience and it was so well received. In fact, a bunch of the ladies who heard you speak came and found your podcast and have since written to me saying how useful it was. And also I find when I'm working with clients, if I see that like there's a burnout situation or a story, I actually pause my work with them and say, go binge Kate's work for a while and let's do some healing, like get her book. Because I think you you very clearly identify when you're in that burnout state, it's hard to do the things. Yeah. It's hard to make the decisions. Yeah. It's hard to even, even the small things like, should I do a Facebook live or should I do a post or, you know, it's, you need to heal first. So I'm grateful for your work and your, you know, your free resources, but also your paid resources. It's all available. So thank you. Oh, you're so sweet. 
Well, so, we need it. We need uh, more people like you giving your support out there. Thank you. Thank you. I, I feel really lucky to be able to do it. And it took me a long time to sort of really balance out how I wanted to show up and both make money and be of service to more people. Because of course, yeah. you know, you, you, it's really hard to do it all. I'm like not McDonald's. I don't have those kind of resources. And, and so it took me a long time to sort of build the foundation for the business that I really want to have long-term. And I feel really lucky is the word that I'm, that I was able to do that. So uh, it's, it feels really good to have that recognized. So thank you for that. So on fried, we start every episode with your burnout story. Okay. Take as much time as you need, as much space as you need. There are no limits here. You can swear anything goes. <laughs> Thank you. I, I think the, the, I mean, I'm sure you hear this from so many of your guests and I've listened to a bunch of your podcasts. So I know this is true, but most of us, we don't know we're in burnout when we are. Yeah. And we just, we're pushing through, we're, we're doing all the things, we're having all the arguments, we're, we're like crashing at the end of the day. And I was in that cycle 100%, probably for three or four years, which yeah. is a long time now that I reflect back. And on, you know, I'm talking about nine, eight to 10 years ago. So I've had a healing journey, which is why I can talk about it so lightly. But at the time, I was in the depths of despair, as I'm sure so many of your audience, the people who speak to you are. Yeah. The thing with my burnout story is I was on a beautiful desert island running a dream business, you know, had my lovely three kids and very loving, supportive husband who unfortunately in some ways contributed to my burnout because he was trying to be so kind and nice. But at the same time, we were growing this business and multiple businesses actually and I remember how often people would say to me oh you're living the dream and this must be your dream job you know you're so lucky I wish that was me and you know you feel like a fraud you feel and I was I was wrapped up my burnout was wrapped up in shame actually because mm. I was like why do I feel so disconnected to the way that I should feel all the should started to come in yeah. like oh I should be so grateful I should be so happy I'm so lucky they're right this is a beautiful island yes this is my dream business but what's going on why am I not able to just feel this joy and this you know this constant euphoria and all of that stuff so, constant euphoria yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly and when you're in you know when you have the layers of shame added on and then of course being a mom and all the guilt that was starting to come in and the exhaustion of my husband sort of not having the right boundaries around us building our business together there was this, this hodgepodge of craziness so I can speak lightly about it now but at the time it was devastating yeah. All I wanted to do was sell up shop, go home, back to England, which to be honest, England is not my vibe. So it was like even wanting to go back to England and then just hide in bed, literally hide in bed. And I just couldn't believe it. I was like, I worked so hard. I changed my life for this. You know, what's going on? So I guess the first step in even recognizing that I was in burnout was just putting language around it. Yeah. And, you know, and I, and being in a country, Indonesia is very healing. It's very beautiful. There's sunrises and sunsets, and there's a lot of yoga and wellness. So stepping into those modalities where I was able to start looking after myself and dropping into my body, actually dropping in, I could feel, oh, wow, there's anxiety here. 
why is that and then obviously giving myself the permission to peel back some of those layers and say oh that anxiety comes from fear or exhaustion or anger because there was a lot of anger and resentment towards my partner my husband who wasn't recognizing my burnout and I was blaming him for not really seeing it and it wasn't his job to recognize it, it was my job yeah and so there's a know, lot of he, blame he, in burnout though I see blame a lot I blamed everything <laughs> I mean, not just my husband. I blamed my patients. I blamed the one of the women that was running one of the businesses that I, that I was a part of. I blamed an entire country at one point. So, <laughs> and I and, and I and I imagine, and this is probably true. You can tell me you're the expert. It's because a lot of us who go into these burnout cycles, we are driven and we're yeah. achievers, and yeah. we want to really do well, and we're always like on this almost like this treadmill of the next achievement. And we don't like failure or we don't acknowledge failure or we don't do failure well. So, or, or well, I now don't use that word, but at the time, obviously it's like, oh, I can't, you know, it's all that blame. So blaming yourself, but blaming everyone around you. So I do, I mean, I remember specifically having to say to my husband, we need to have ways of working so that you don't infringe on the time when I am trying to, to step back and start putting in those real big rules and boundaries around our business relationship and our, and our family life and all of that stuff. So really very slowly but surely recognizing that this was not the way that it should be and that some of my choices and some of my thinking was not serving me and my family, like my kids and my business. I mean, at the peak, we had almost 80 staff. So if you are the leader of a business and you are in this burnout cycle, you are not serving your staff, especially I come from a place of um, servant leadership. So very much my job is to help other people do their job well. And if you are not feeling your best, there's no way you can show up for anyone else. So it was a lot of deep breaths, a lot of stepping back, a lot of, you know, I, I wouldn't say I did a lot of self-reflection, but definitely getting the support that I needed. Yeah. So, you know, looking for who could help me. And at that time, it was having some really good connections and deep friendships where I could start talking about some of this stuff and then going on to a journey of research and, and just like learning. That's why I love your resources so much, because I think that's where it starts doing some of your own self-reflection and research and then recognizing, oh, wow, OK, there's something for me to do here. And then, of course, you can get the actual paid support that you need and, and all the all the actual you know, I know you have a three month package and I can only imagine how transformative that three months is just to be able to say to yourself, okay, there's an, there's an opportunity here. This is not the rest of my life because yeah. it can't feel that way. Yeah. That's my like favorite thing about, that's my favorite thing about working with people. And I have a three month package that can be extended month by month. My three months is an absolute minimum to work with me. I don't work less than three months because I find it uh, to be too short of a time, especially when it comes to burnout. And I don't think anybody's going to be healed after three months. You know, you yeah. are not going to be, if you are really burnt out to the point where you need to hire somebody, you are not going to be healed after three months, but where you will be is in a place where if you are someone who likes to DIY things, and a lot of us that burnout are, if you yeah. ever do it yourself or at the end of three months, you will have enough tools, have enough energy and have enough self-confidence to be able to get yourself the rest of the way through. If you might hire another healer on the way, you might find, you know, something else to support you. However, I feel like that's, you know, the, the bare minimum. And then after that, if you want more support, it's available. And if you are okay where you are and you're ready to take it from here, I pass the baton and, and, and let you go. And what I love is, 
usually around call three, people are like, this isn't happening fast enough. I don't know what to do. It's just nothing is right. I still feel terrible. And then somewhere around call four and a half, people are like, oh my God, I don't feel like shit anymore. I didn't know this was possible. This is when you told me that this is where I would be, I hoped, but I didn't really believe you. (laughs) And that's my favorite thing, right? To see people just be in this place where they can now officially take ownership. If they're ready, you don't need to pass the baton at that time, but if they're ready, they can run with it. And I just think that that's such a great thing. Now in the background, you guys are getting sneak peek information right now. So listen closely. In the background, I'm creating a membership so that people that come through the coaching, if they want continuous support on a lower scale, it's available for the long term. Oh, amazing. You are such a giver. And that's exactly what we need sometimes is the community. And that, you know, the isolation is, if I talk about layers of burnout, the isolation is one of the layers. You know, that feeling that, um, why am I like this? Everyone else seems to be able to deal with it. Especially when you're on, especially in the online space where all you see is the the front and you don't see the back, Yeah, you know, what's going on. And and it can feel so, you can feel like such a fraud and an imposter and, you know, it's the, the Layers just keep adding so membership would be amazing yeah Group fingers crossed we'll, you know it might take a year to get there but I, but it's it's going um, yeah. so one of the things that you said I think is really important to go back to because most of the time I am working with female entrepreneurs and most of the time I'm working with female entrepreneurs who, who built themselves what I call golden cages right and they're just hanging mm. onto the bars and saying I'm supposed to be happy in here mm. this cage is pretty I have pretty feathers on why do I hate this cage? Well, because it's still a cage, right? It's still a cage. And what you said earlier was you just wanted to sell up and like crawl into bed and disappear. Mm -hmm. You had 80 people working for you. Mm. And all you could think about was eliminating that from your life. It's just, and 80 people not only working for me, but dependent on their salaries I mean as you know you know Asia can have lots of poverty and they're often the sole breadwinners for the whole family yeah right and extended families so it was there's a lot maybe I mean even that added pressure was probably part of it as well because because things grew so quickly feeling like oh my gosh like you know you feel like it's a house of cards that might crumble and that can also contribute to the whole thing and and really feeling I know I don't use the word imposter syndrome but feeling that level of like what am I doing here do I even know how can this be happening so you know all of that contributes and I I do love the term golden cage actually because it's almost like we you know we've got these beautiful feathers and we've trapped ourselves we can't fly and it's funny because now I recognize in reflection that I'm really embedded in my values and I teach like the ladies I work with, we talk about their values and building businesses around their values. And I was completely out of alignment with my values because yeah, one too. of them is freedom. Mm. And so that being out of alignment with my values was contributing to my burnout. Now, what happened was when I was able to work through that and able to actually still integrate freedom, for example, in my life, my business actually thrived. Yeah. Like my business grew because I was like, how do I integrate freedom into my life? Well, I hire really strong teams. So I put my attention into hiring my my management team who, you know, basically took away 80% of what I was doing, yeah. which to me, the 80-20 rule is tattooed everywhere. Like 
<laughs> I live by the 80-20 rule. And having like bringing back my values into my work, being able to be able to step into what I wanted to do with my family, being able to, to the extent that we traveled for nine months while my business was thriving. Like, um, we probably had the highest revenue months while we were traveling as a family around the world. Right. Right. So this, so I guess if there's someone listening here saying, how do I do that? I, I would suggest do the exercise of finding out your own values. If you can do that, there's loads of lists online where you can no, there's see one on my website. There's oh, a freebie. Amazing. I have a freebie for it. Yep. Oh, there you go. Go I'll put go it in do the, that I'll work. put it in the show notes. Perfect. Go do that work because when you identify your top, let's say five to 10 values, you can start asking yourself the question and it can be hard to do this self-analysis, but when you feel the space for it, how many of these am I actually being able to integrate into my life on a regular basis? Maybe not daily, but at least regularly. And therefore, can I do some work to come back to more and more of them? Because that does help us make better decisions and allow us to start living the life we want to live, which I think is part of healing from burnout. Mm. That feeling that this is how I want to live my life. I'm making the choices to live this way. This feels good. Saying no, right? Because I find that having this sort of like anchoring of my values allows me to say no a lot, which means I can say yes to what I do want to do. And all of that just combines to take us forward step by step and also you know just not having that pressure and I think as high achieving women women who are able to be successful and I know you speak to entrepreneurs we are very much four or five steps ahead you know even four or five years ahead and that you're almost like intensifying five years of pressure today and if we just allowed ourselves to be a little bit more like three or four steps ahead instead and, and that's like three or four months ahead trust you and I both I think very much we're anchored in trust and surrender trust ourselves trust the environment trust you know the divine whatever it is we will take step by step by step and we will make life a little bit more flowy which you tell me if you agree but is that would you say that's a good contributor to um, healing from burnout is being a little bit more with the flow Absolutely. You know, in the bounce back ability factor, when I define bounce back ability, it's, you know, a combination of resilience and grit and trust and surrender. Yeah. Those are the resilience words. And grit. Right? Resilience and grit. You got to have them. I'm not, I'm mad at hustle culture overall. I'm, mm. I'm not a huge fan of it, but also like, I don't think that everything should be easy all the time. And this belief that I adopted at some point during acupuncture school that, you know, you could sort of just have ease and, and everything would feel flowy all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I uh, was bothered by the fact that my life didn't match that. I was like, well, why am I not finding this ease? And when everything wasn't easy, I kept thinking that I wasn't finding ease instead of noticing that there was ease in so many pieces of my life. And I just had to throw in a little bit of grit over here. And if I just would have thrown in a little bit of grit over here, I would have been fine if I would have trusted and surrendered to the grit even, mm. you know, so we can play with those words a lot, but trust and surrender are a huge part for me of, of healing. And when I'm thinking about trust, I'm really, really, really thinking about 
trusting my intuition, trusting myself, trusting my choices, trusting that if I make a plan and something doesn't go my way, that's okay because I can adjust, Mm. trusting my ability to be flexible and agile. I think we spend a lot of time creating plans. Like you said, we're five years ahead. We're creating plans that are limiting to us sometimes because they're not exactly the right thing. Like what I've seen quite often when, when we talk about the golden cage, it's like, I built this vision of what I thought I wanted. And then it turned out I was wrong. And you don't usually know what it is you truly want and how it is you truly want it until you have what you don't want. And then you can adjust. But because we created this big image and we might've shared our vision board with our, you know, friends and talked to a business coach about creating this thing. And then we did it. And then we didn't like it. We think somehow that that's the end of the road. And now we're stuck in this thing that we don't like. No, like that's just more information. Yeah. Pride fam, I tell you in nearly every episode that step one of your burnout recovery is blood work. And I know that a lot of you avoid it because it's a pain and because your doctor has told you that everything is quote unquote fine. And they refuse to test all the things that you think you need. What if I told you that you could test what you want, when you want, from your home with just a couple of drops of blood? Cyfox Health allows you to do just that. You can buy tests as one-offs or join a membership. Either way, you can test and track your results to help you make decisions about your burnout recovery journey. Get 10% off any membership, subscription, or one-time test kit right now. Go to scifoxhealth.com forward slash fried for your discount. That's S-I-P-H-O-X health.com forward slash fried. I love that. And that's empowering. That's empowering to be able to tell yourself that, that this is, you know, this is information. I'm able to pivot from this. I'm able to make different choices and actually being able to, to digest that and actually sit with that and say, we, you know, do I really need to be making these choices that many years ahead? Even though everything external is telling me this, I necessarily don't feel it. So I'm very much, um, I now know that I'm very much an intuitive person and very much a gut feel type of like, oh, that just feels right. That doesn't feel right. And when I don't trust that and I go against what my intuition is telling me because I'm listening to all the noises, I very quickly enter anxiety cycles. And, you know, I have to be very mindful because you probably know this, like once you've been through burnout, it's, it's quite easy to keep falling back into it yeah. because they're patterns, they're patterns that we probably latch onto. So I have to really pull myself back and really sit, sit back with myself and slow. I recently, I shared this as like slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't say that enough, like that feeling of just stepping back and saying, okay, I'm taking it a bit slower. Maybe I'm not doing the kind of panic immediate reaction that somebody told me to do, but this feels good. This feels better for me to step back and really digest what's my gut saying, what's my intuition saying. And now I also know that I have a lot of open centers in human design. And that makes sense to me because one thing I do is soak in everybody's energy. And, you know, as a highly sensitive person, I, I, 
I realized that I'm, I'm react to people's energies. So when I was, my business is hospitality, when I was meeting all these very stressed and burnt out people from all over the world who were supposedly on holiday, they were bringing their energy to me and I was soaking that in. So part of my burnout was probably not even my own. It was all right. of the people who were coming to me and I was, and I had all the blocked centers and I wasn't allowing. One of my favorite things you say is that allowing things to go through you is one of the best ways to recover from burnout. I couldn't agree more with that. That like that allowing the energy just to flow through you stops it being stuck around you. And, and I now almost visualize myself kind of with all these patches of other people's energy and burnout all over me, right? And not allowing me to, to enjoy where I was and what I was doing and what we had created. Because in all honesty, we worked really hard to create what we had created. And now I'm so, like now that I'm not in this burnout, I'm so proud of it. I'm yeah. so grateful for it. I'm so you know, I'm so grateful for all my choices. And I'm also grateful for my burnout journey because, you know, five years ago when I realized that I had come through the other side of it, I was still pretty young. I was 40, you know, I'm able to now go and enjoy the rest of my life. Yeah. Whereas I could have stayed in those cycles or I could have sold up and gone home and hidden and slept in bed or, you know, for the next 10 years, which was what it would feel like if that's the choice that I had made. Like, yeah. you know, I would have felt so much guilt and so much shame around having given up on something that was so beautiful. So we, we you know, we, we acknowledge the, the journey and we, we learn from it. And it makes me such a better business coach because when I meet somebody, I can instantly recognize they're not able to start their business right now. Like we need to take a pause, go, go find Kate, you know, go binge on her work, go, go contact her, heal. Well, we've got time and let's yeah. do this in six months. I literally have had that conversation with someone recently. I was like, let's do this in six months. Go heal first. Yeah. Because what I find is it's too hard. It's too hard to then be like, let's do this. You know, let's, let's make these choices. Let's, let's make these decisions. Go speak to these clients. It's, you just are not able to come from a space of thinking and your best thinking as well. Yeah. You your brain is just through. not there. Yeah. 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 You it can, you can push through thinking. to a certain point, but at a certain point you end up in the hospital. Mm-hmm. there's there's Absolutely. only so much pushing through burnout that you can do before you really literally cannot function anymore yeah yeah and for me one of the best lessons that I can teach and, and anyone listening if they need to hear this I hope that they do I hope that this lands in you know in their ears is it works out if you do step back and you allow yourself to do the healing because long term you are going to be so much better off yeah. You know, I have three kids back then they were young. They were all under five. Now they're in their entering their older years and their teens. And I'm so able to be there for them. We're not having the, the typical kind of friction relationships we could have as you know, children who are going into their teens and getting personalities and, and coming up against me. I'm able to really work through that. If I had not given myself the time to get better and really recover, I'd still be reacting to them, shouting. There would be all of that, all of the tensions and all of the things and that would carry on for the next 10 years probably. Yeah. So sometimes that real stepping back and allowing yourself to do the, the healing and if it's six months, if it's a year, you say three months, but I'm sure it's more than three months. Yeah, eventually. yeah, yeah. Three yeah. It's just the taster. Yeah, it's just the available. beginning. Yeah, just the beginning. Yeah. I, I find that most people, um, the minimum time that we need to heal from burnout is a year, is the absolute 
minimum. But the majority of people, it takes about two years because I think the process or I see the process going, okay, I am so done. I can't even imagine doing anything to make myself feeling feel better to, okay, I feel a little bit better, but now all I see is broken bits and pieces around me mm. to then going through and one, you have to one by one. Oh, this is a broken piece. Oh, this is a broken mm. piece. Oh, this is a broken piece. And it's not you broken. It's just little pieces of patterns that are broken all mm. around and they've got to be adjusted. And then once those are in place is the lesson of how do I continue to keep my pieces whole and listen to myself so I don't get off track. Mm. Right. That's, so there's a, we take that a takes some time. Months. I think you do that almost forever. Yeah. I think you do absolutely. that constantly. For me, that's the, that's the consistently coming back to resentment. And whenever I feel it bubbling up saying, oh, <laughs> that's interesting. What boundary did I cross myself? Yes. Or what boundary was crossed from the outside or what thing needs to be delegated? Like what, what is the shift that needs to happen here? Yeah. In order for me to be less angry and less resentful because resentment to me is like the number one, your boundaries are being broken sign. But I have a, I have a question or a comment or a, uh, an opportunity to explore something that you said way in the beginning, because it's been stuck in my mind. You said, my husband was almost being too kind Mm. and contributing to my burnout. What? You want me to talk? <laughs> so I, he's, I, we, my husband and I, we met when we was, I was super young, I was 20. We've been together, you know, 25 years. I've been married 20, almost 20. And we decided to build this dream together of our business. And both of us quit corporate London, went to live on this tiny desert island. We started to have children and build our birth, our business. And every time that I felt that, I was, you know, I'd come up and I'd have a bad day or I'd be blaming, right? The, the, like, so-and-so did this and that happened. And I, and it was, it should have been, you know, the, what I should be doing is recognizing that my boundaries were being crossed and I was not resting and I was showing up too much and I wasn't taking the time. And he'd always be like, oh no, you're doing such a great job. Don't worry about it. You know, you'll be fine tomorrow. It's okay. Look what's happening. Look at how well we're doing. Look at this, you know, look how busy we are. Our rooms are full. Mm. And just like layering on the the kindness around trying to make me feel better. But of course, what it was doing is perpetuating this shame around not being feeling better. Mm. Yeah, and not being and not being present and not not feeling that you know, why was he able to feel so good about it and happy about it? And I felt so bad about it and and resentful. So, you know, of course that made me feel worse because then I was either biting back to him and saying, you know, being mean or um, trying pretending, right? Like, oh yeah, isn't that great? And can't wait for the next thing. And in my head, I'm just thinking, oh, what? We have to do this thing, you know, organize an event or have a big shindig or whatever we were doing at that time. So his kindness was, it was beautiful. It was coming from his heart and he was trying his best. Of course, he probably knew also from an intuitive level that something was wrong, but it was only when I was able to talk about it and be honest and say, look, this is not working. I'm literally ready to go home and pack this in. We need to do these things. Let's put in these boundaries. So, you know, things like we set up a bunch of WhatsApp groups with each other, which is kind of like a messenger. So outside of working hours, we don't talk about work. We message each other. Mm -hmm. And that was a game changer 
because I could now be in my bedroom and actually read my books and rest and not have him bless him come in with this brand new idea. And, and you know, when you're building a business, it's full of creativity and, and it is super fun, but it needs to, uh, what now I know, it needs to be in recognized boundaries that we all kind of sign up to. And the thing, the, the beautiful thing about us, like I said, I always take the lessons is that we did that so many years ago that now we have a better marriage. Yeah. We have a better relationship. I'm able to receive his kindness, but he's also able to see when I'm entering kind of these phases of needing more rest and I'm able to step back and say, no, for the next few months, I need to roll back. I need to be more of a mom, for example, or I need to take my time and go, go, you know, get into yoga. I did my yoga teacher training at one point because I just loved what it was doing for me and what it was teaching me about breathing and presence and being in your body. So I'm able to now, and, and again, we, we need to take the blame on ourselves, right? Like not the blame, but the responsibility. I, I'm able to now say, what do I need? How do I make this happen? How do I can tell people? So yeah. his, you know, it wasn't him. He was, he, was, he was just being nice and he still is. It was just me. Not well, and I, I talk about this being nice quite a bit on the podcast because I don't actually think it's nice. Mm, okay. You know, when yes. we are sitting in, in other people's discomfort and the only thing that we're trying to do is eliminate their discomfort, mm. usually it's because their discomfort is uncomfortable for us. Good point. Right. So it's a little bit egotistical to act in this way. And I, I, I say this frequently on the podcast and it's in the book because I want people to understand that the thing that you think is nice isn't always nice. Mm, I don't think he was malint, he had any malintent, right? He had good intentions mixed in with a subconscious need to protect his ego. Yeah. You know, which is fine. That's not, that's not a, it's not a judgment or a criticism. It's just a natural thing that we do as people because our own discomfort is so uncomfortable that we don't, really want to have space for other people's discomfort on top of our own discomfort. So we just try to smooth it over all the time. Mm. And it's really not kind to smooth over other people's discomfort. It's really invalidating. Yes, exactly. That's, that's, I think that's what I was trying to say. You said it in better words than me. It was invalidating. That's how I felt. Yeah, that I that I wasn't be able to be recognized, and like I said, I had to sometimes patch it up and pretend. Yeah, um, and that was hard. That was hard yeah. work. Yeah, yeah. So, and especially so, being in hospitality, you're already right. doing that anyway because your 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 customers want you to be that way. The last thing they need is they host to be, you know, feeling this way. And and that that not only did that you know that made me feel worse. The shame cycle was just like on this on steroids. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's the same yeah. being in a, in a healing position. Yes, absolutely. I can it's, absolutely imagine that. It's the same. So you, you've said, you know, we had, we built this big business. It's hospitality. What is your business? Oh, so I have, now I have multiple, but we started off with a resort on an island. Um, it's called, the island's called Gili Trawang and it's very near Bali. It's tiny. It's seven kilometers circumference and it's, it is absolutely gorgeous. It's, it's the tropical island that you imagine with beautiful waters and turtles laying their eggs and volcanic views. So it is gorgeous. Now we also have um, a spa, which was one of my 
additions because I needed that. That was my way of saying, you know, what do I need? I need somewhere that I can look, be looked after. So yeah. I love, and the, there's some beautiful, um, the way they massage in Bali and the ingredients they use, they're very beautiful. And people here really know how to look after themselves. Yeah. I don't know if you've been to Bali or your listeners, but people in Bali, they have that slowest, smooth, smoothest, fast mentality. Every day they take time to be grateful. They pray, there's that real presence. And I love, um, I love being in this environment it's good for me it's really good for me because I recognize that if I had carried on in in corporate England I'd be you know even at this point I'd be having telling you a very different story so being here allowed me to make some choices for myself that were very important and I I'm also as a leader I really believe in modeling so I now model that for not only my family and my kids but my team you know, we, I tell them to take time off. We recognize when things are getting too much. I can see some of the signs and we talk about it sooner rather than later. Um, so yeah, as, as leaders, and I know most of the women who are listening to your podcast are probably identify as some sort of leader, even if it's of their own business. We, you know, we do have this obligation to model good behaviors because we're, we're impacting generations, whether it's generation of other leaders or business owners or our families also. So, you know, take the time, take the time to really rest, take the time to learn, take the time to talk to you or, or tap into resources that are available so that we can continue to be great leaders and, and show people that it can be done a different way. Right? There is this opportunity. Yeah, I think that this is um, a big thing for me that when you are healing from burnout like when you're burnt out your energy's all over the place and that means the energy that you carry with you to the grocery store and to the spa mm-hmm. and to your home and to the yoga studio and to wherever wherever else you're going the energy you're carrying with you is being spread around mm-hmm. <laughs> and everybody has to feel it because that's how you're feeling and every single person that chooses to heal that means that now you're carrying around a different level of energy with you now you're mm-hmm. carrying around different vibrations with you. Now you are spreading ease around you. Now, yes. now you are bringing goodness everywhere you go. And it really, really does matter. Will it change the entire planet? No, like I said, I tried to change an entire country by doing loving kindness meditations in the grocery stores. It didn't work, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you tried. I did try. Yeah. Um, but we're not trying to change the world. If, you know, mm-hmm. for every burnt out person, for every five burnt out people, one person heals, the entire globe will change because mm. the energy will be different. The oh. The energy of burnout is really heavy. The word that you said in the beginning that I hear so frequently in the free calls and the beginning of coaching is despair. Mm. Absolutely. Despair is such a big word with burnout and we mm. carrying around despair is just, it sucks for you and it sucks for everybody else too. Mm. And I've just got this image now when you were talking about the energy that we spread of someone in with fair, like fairy dust, yeah. throwing fairy <laughs> dust everywhere. But it's so true because, you know, even if we are not mothers, we are usually at some point leading or, or mothering people around us in some way. And that can make a difference. You know, if you have this like sparkly fairy dust rather than the, the energy of despair. And I really do. I'm, I'm very much into energy and even through virtual screens, I believe it's it's easy. I mean, you and I, I, I believe we can feel each other's energy. And anyone who I speak to, and we speak on Zoom to people all the time, all of us do. 
So the energy really does, it does matter and people yeah. can see it and there are auras and, and, you know, it's, we, you know, at some point what I love actually, which I find is empowering and I hope your audience do too, is that we have total control over that. And it might not feel like it in the depths of, of burnout or despair, but when we, when we even just for a moment admit or feel that empowerment of like, I have total control over this, what can I do? In that window where we feel that, do something, book something, read something, listen to something, and it will just take those small, tiny moments and eventually they'll get bigger and bigger and bigger. And then hopefully they, they take over and then you're able to, to start the journey of healing because you can heal. And that's why, yeah. you know, that's, that's ev evidenced by the work that you're doing. This isn't the end of the road. This isn't the norm. This isn't the, how it has to you be. You do not have to be like this until forever. Yeah, that's yeah, really important. Exactly. That's really I, important. And that's why, you know, having even, even if someone comes across your work or your book, they're like, oh, there's a choice. Like there's an option. Let me, let me find out what this person's saying. And you might not yeah. feel that you're obviously exhausted and your, you know, your brain's all over the place. But even reading the book, like, oh, there's a choice, there's an option. Let me explore. And then those tiny baby steps can start to build up into it. Tiny heal. baby steps. It is. Amen to that. Yeah. Tiny baby steps, tiny baby <laughs> steps. We'll say it over and over and over yes. again. I often have people in the very beginning, they're like, well, I tried to meditate and it didn't work. I'm like, you are burnt out. You should not be trying to meditate right now. <laughs> like that's not, yeah. it's not going to work. Um, yeah. I have people quite often do literally 60 seconds of breath work. Yeah, amazing. Once a day for 60 seconds. And they're like, how is that going to change anything? I'm like, just please, just give it a whirl. Yeah. Just give it That's a try. And when we're in that place, when we're in that um, place of burnout and our, and our, you know, neurons are not firing the way yeah. that we would ideally want them to, we do, oh my gosh, we want someone to take over and take control yeah, and say, course. just try this. Just and this especially thing. someone you trust, and then you can just give over some of that decision-making and, you know, having to be the authority and having to be the leader and just say, oh, someone else is taking over. Someone yeah. else is like making, and, and I, actually I've seen you talk about this a lot, how wellness professionals need their own wellness. Yeah. And that's exactly also what I believe about decision makers and leaders. Yeah. We also need other people to help us make decisions sometimes and lead us sometimes because it's exhausting to, exhausting. to be the only person to be doing that all the time. You know, and that's why I have so much admiration for single parents or even people who run their businesses on their own. It's like, wow, like making that many decisions every single day is really draining. So getting yeah. as much support as you can around that is just invaluable. Sometimes you don't even notice part. how draining it is until you don't have to do it. And then you're like, oh, <laughs> holy shit. I didn't yeah. realize that that was one of the things I didn't realize was so draining in my life. When I was in Poland, I learned to speak Polish and I was speaking Polish all day, every day. I learned mm -hmm. it as a 25 year old woman. I, I didn't learn it at six. You know, I didn't learn it as a child. I learned it at 25 mm -hmm. and I was so tired and had a headache at the end of like almost every day. Yeah. And then one day I had, I think I had like 23 or 24 patients. It was a busy day. I had a lot to do. And it just so happened that like 75% of the people that came in that day were English speakers, which was really uncommon. And at the end of the day, I still had energy. And I was like, 
oh, translating yes. and speaking a foreign language all day has been costing me a lot. And I didn't know. That's so interesting. Things like a, that. Yeah, that's such a light bulb moment as well, because... <sighs> Yeah, I mean, and and I identify with that because I'm in a country where there, there is another language. And when I'm speaking to some of my staff, there is this like massive disconnect with what I'm trying to say in English and what they can pick up in. They speak English, but not maybe as well. There's some like level yeah. of misunderstanding and that exhaustion. And now you're saying that I'm having another aha, like, yeah, that exhaustion of having to do simple tasks. But there's so much more difficult because you are in a, in a foreign country, obviously yeah. adds to that. So that's why people should speak to you because you have these reflections that they wouldn't have on themselves. And I, the cried. Part, I cried yeah, trying to find goat cheese. <laughs> the other part of my business that I absolutely love is my the retreat center that we have, mm. the retreat space, mm. because we sometimes really have to take, get ourselves out of our, our normal and our situation and disrupt the patterns and disrupt what we've been doing and actually be surrounded by other people who are also doing the same to start seeing, oh, wow, okay, there are choices, there are options. And, yeah. you know, that wasn't serving me and it's time to make some changes. And yes, it can feel a little bit like, oh, this is not normal and it's all, you know, beautiful and happy, but you know, that's, that's, a, that's a sign that there's another way. Yeah. And I just think that hope, hope is so underrated when it comes mm. to all of the different ways of living life and seeing that and meeting people who might be making a change or even identifying with people who are ready to make the change can give you hope to say, okay, I'm going back to my home and I will make, make this tiny difference or this little change or do more yoga or whatever feels good at the time. So yeah, I love having a retreat space. I think it's such a, not only are we in a very healing country, I mean, this, this island is called Bali, it's called the Island of Gods. It really has a lot of energy mm. coming from the ground, the, the, the jungle, everything. The people. The people, the yeah. The people. Just... <laughs> oh, they're just so magical. Yeah, there's nothing like a Balinese massage. Like you There's really nothing need. like it you really get the energy from the person who's doing the, they don't even know that they're, the person giving the massage might not even recognize that they have that real healing energy. Yeah. But they're almost, you know, they're, they're bits of God themselves. It's yeah. beautiful. There's they so channel. much love. Yeah, there is a lot of love. So yeah, I love having that retreat space. I love having the place where people can come and disconnect and start changing their patterns and, and disrupt them in a good way, hopefully, and get support that they need around them. Obviously, now with COVID, there's a lack of travel, people are not able to, to come. But we're waiting, all of us here in Indonesia, we're waiting for the day where we can start inviting people back, because it really, you know, everyone here wants to give as well, they want yeah. to share. They want people to leave refreshed and re-energized and ready to take on back to their lives and go back to what they were doing and do their good work in the world. So yeah, yeah. that's that's the various elements of my business and I love them. I love that. I love, <laughs> I love that. So listen, an, another um, sneak peek, everybody, you guys are getting behind the scenes info today. We have discussed a burnout retreat. Yes. And so if that's something that might interest you, now would probably be a good time to let either of us know because the more people we have interested, the faster we will create it as soon as the world opens up. So yeah, 100%. just throwing that out there, if anybody's <laughs> like, mm, I would go on a burnout recovery retreat, 
let us know. Gosh, yeah. And what can happen in two weeks when you're out of your actual normal environment? You tell me, but I'm sure it's accelerated. 110%. I mean, just the fact that for me, that was actually one of the beginnings of actually, this is, I didn't even realize this. I would, I had had a really tough time for a while and I read an article, I realized I was burnt out. I started going through this process and part of the story that I've never told until right now that I didn't even connect is that later that year, my girlfriends called me, I think around my birthday. So around August. And they said, we're going to go to Bali this November. We're all, all four of us are coaches. And they're like, we're just going to go to Bali, the four of us, and we're going to do a self healing retreat. The four of us healing the four of us. So we're just going to, I'm going to coach one day. You're going to coach the next day. We're going to do acupuncture treatments. We're going to do all of the things amongst each other. And it was a massive part of my healing. Wow. Massive part of my healing that I never recognized until literally this moment, because during that time, I just, there was a lot of things that dropped away. We did allow ourselves to go and, and get massages. And the experience Mm -hmm. was, I have been everywhere. I've Mm -hmm. been everywhere. I have never had a massage like on Bali Mm -hmm. ever. I I left and I was like, what just happened to me? And there was a huge amount of understanding that it was okay for me to need, want, and desire things when I was there. I wasn't, I was, I didn't feel like allowed to need, want, and desire as a child. We didn't have a lot. There wasn't a lot to, I couldn't, I I felt guilty asking for things always. Mm. So I didn't ask for things. And I did that still as an adult. Mm -hmm. And then I went to Bali and they were like, you should desire the world. Here's love. And I was like, whoa. Wow. I can have this. What an experience. Yeah. yeah. So, so yes, I'm, I mean, yes, a lot can happen in a short amount of time. Yeah. And this, you know, not only Bali, but some of these, and I love actually now, I love living in places that are holiday destinations or, or healing destinations. And I live in Ubud. So Ubud in particular in Bali is all about the healing modalities. There's all sorts of fun stuff going on here. Even things you've never heard of, like, I don't know if I can talk about certain things, but vaginal steaming, vaginal steaming and like all these really fun things, you know, it's all about jade eggs and all sorts of stuff. And what I find is that people here, they want to share that. There's not this like protection. This is our secret. This is what we know. It's like, come, come be healed. You know, this is the center of the earth. Like come and get all the energy you need and then go take it back into the rest of the world and go, go make the changes that you need to make in your local, like we said, small, small changes around where you live. We can't change the world, but there definitely is that vibration here and that attitude of we can change one person at a time so that they can go away and do their great work in the world. So, you know, and I know there's, there's hotspots like that around the world because I know in Costa Rica sort of has that feeling. There's some places in Mexico that have that feeling. Um, For me, anywhere with volcanoes, anywhere with volcanoes has that energy and I've and it's funny because I always end up living in places where where there are volcanoes we recently we've spent three months in Guatemala in Antigua and Mm -hmm. volcano volcano right outside of our our house where my business is there's Ranjani across the sea and Ranjani is the biggest volcano in Indonesia I live in Bali now which is near Agung so there's this volcanic energy that just comes through your feet you know it's just there so you know people if, if, especially if any of your listeners has never been to these sort of healing destinations, like you said, you know, it was the start of your journey. 
maybe yeah. it's time to really take that plunge and have that little trip away and see where it takes you. As soon as things open again. <laughs> yes. I'm ready. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So am I. Ready to welcome your um, burnout guests. Yes, I am so grateful that you recognized your need to heal and went on the journey yourself and that now you are mm -hmm. in a place where you can offer the best parts of yourself. Yes. Because it benefits all of us. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for being here and waking up early and chatting with us and, and just being you. Yeah, thank you for having me and for your resources. I love referencing them and passing them around to people who need it. And, you know, any of your audience who's listening, I would say the same, like share, share your resources with people that they know, because you may not even know someone's burnout. I was very good at hiding my burnout, you mm. know, even from my husband, bless him. And he was almost in shock when I was like, you know, I'm burning out here. I'm exhausted. I'm having, at the time I was calling it a breakdown, Yeah. but you know, I think breakdown and burnout get used interchangeably. And, you know, if you're in, if you have an inkling that someone might need to hear this podcast or something, start sharing it on your platforms because you never know, you never know who's hiding it and trying to push through it. And that's actually one of the worst things you can do. Agreed. Amen to that. <laughs> all thank you, of, so thank you so much all of Samina's info will be in the show notes as per usual so you will be able to find her I highly recommend her Facebook group um Women for Business. It's so, women for Business. It's so, so good. And actually so healing is the proper mm -hmm. word for it. It's a yeah. business community, but it's not just a business community. It goes so much no. deeper than that. The women in there are incredible, incredibly supportive. And they're, it just doesn't feel, it's feminine. Yeah. I think I would say there's not a lot of masculine energy in there. There's a lot of, there's a lot of divinity in there and it's just yes. such a lovely place to spend time. So all of Thank those links you. and the retreat center and everything will be linked in the show notes. So be sure to Yay. check out all of that. And if you loved this episode, which I'm pretty sure you did because it was amazing, you should definitely review the podcast anywhere that you can, because that helps us reach more people and it helps us look more legit when we go get sponsors. And that's important. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Until next time. Bye. Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more. Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more Got each other on our side Plus all the folks at Fried The Burnout Podcast With Kate Donovan